welcome to another bonus episode of Bunta Vista. Uh, luckily, this is a bonus episode and probably not the first episode that you'd heard, so you kind of know what you're getting into with these intros. I'm Theo, as always, and we're here in the hallway of Effexor Dreams. That's right, my friends. I'm on 150 milligrams daily of the Satan's piss in a capsule known as Venlafaxine, uh, as I assume about like 30% of our chip is as well. Um, and while it has changed my life for the better, it has also made my dreams extremely whack. As we trace our way down the gleaming white hallway of effects all dreams, we pass doors on both sides. We pause at a door labelled Friday the 29th of January. And looking through the peeper, we can see Andrew and Ben seated within a glossy white room, already suited up in full VR kits. Let's jack in and see what they can see. And boy, if you have any questions as you travel through the land of dreams, please speak up. You awake to a beautiful spring day, and are walking the grounds of a nondescript university with a colleague who shall remain anonymous. Someone loses control of their skateboard, and it meanders across to you. You cheerfully and coolly kick it back. You make your way past the wildlife reserve... <laughs> Beside the, <clears throat> beside the duck ponds before climbing a mound of grass and arriving alongside a dirt road. Looking to the right, you can see that the dirt road leads to a nuclear reactor, our destination. When you reach the power station, you arrive with a number of other students within the foyer of the reactor. Also here is a lady who appears to be in her late 50s with overflowing Carmen Sandiego-style hair, except grey instead of red. She gives an impression of kindness and erudition, and it's clear that she's a mentor to the students, but especially to you. The first floor foyer features panoramic glass and gives a wide view of the countryside. While you are looking to out to the landscape beyond, the sky begins to fill with what appears initially to be distant and coordinated flocks of birds or insects. The flocks draw closer almost immediately, and it's quickly apparent that they are alien and malevolent, pulling into figures of flesh and metal before pulling apart again. You do not wait for the flocks to hit before fleeing to the level above. You find yourselves darting from cubicle to cubicle in some sort of administration centre. It's not clear whether you're alone or with friends. What is clear is that the aliens stalk the horse persistently, and you need to continue ducking between desks with only the briefest moment to appreciate personal effects at each. This goes on for a long, terrifying while. Eventually, you devise some form of trap for the aliens, which is quickly and vaguely set within the office halls, and you flee before the rooms beyond. The trap quickly ensnares a figure. The figure falls through a hole in the floor and slides all the way down through the office structure. We zoom out to see the structure is floating hundreds of feet above the reactor core, and the trapped figure shoots out the bottom before being quickly caught in a mechanical arm constructed as part of the trap. You, the protagonist of the dream, are too distant to see the figure caught by the arm, but we, the viewers, see that it has ensnared the erudite woman. Viewing the struggle through a distant pane of glass, you tragically hit the activate flamethrower button, believing you have scored a victory against um, versus an alien inductor, and the deed is done. You find yourself in the streets beyond the nuclear reactor, having somehow escaped. It's clear that some time has passed and a battle continues to bitterly rage in and, re and, and around the reactor. Our weary university colleague is proud to announce that he has created a device which will allow you to succeed in your plan. The two of you silently hop in your weathered jungle green Ford Taurus and start the engine. Now you're on the dirt path leading to the reactor, heading as fast as the Taurus will take you towards a dirt ramp aimed at the side of the reactor. Just as you launch and brace for impact, your colleague activates his device and you, he and the car phase through the wall, finding yourselves in the car still, but now careening through dark ventilation passages filled with hanging cables. You can do nothing but clasp, clasp each other's hands like Thelma and Louise before you burst through the final ventilation wall into the gaping abyss of the reactor core. 
frozen, f- briefly frozen in midair before plunging directly into the glowing centre. A bird's eye view shows the resulting nuclear explosion in ridiculous command and conquer style 16-bit. As the explosion reaches up, we get a picture-in-picture view, again in lo-fi 16-bit, of individual aliens being blasted back to their skeletons before collapsing. Each alien blasted causes your score to tick over. One skeleton ends up compressed to an inch high and a mild wide. This scores extra points. The credits roll, and you exit the movie theatre. The movie was, for some reason, titled Inviolate Pleasure. You need to take a shit, but the mall's open-plan toilet block is bizarre and only features urinals. You end up in line at a McDonald's that looks like it's in an army cafeteria, placing your order with staff through a portal in the canvas. A friend from school asks you if the patties here are any good, and you tell them, I don't know. The VR sets lift towards the ceiling, and Andrew and Ben blink in the light before looking down at terminals in front of them. The terminals simply ask, normal? And ask for a response. (laughs) Um, uh, Well... (laughs) <laughs> so, I mean, how often are you seeing a Ford Taurus in your life? Never. I don't think we get those over no, here. No, we don't. I think that's in the US especially import to my dream. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm do sure you, I've seen a Ford Taurus. Is the car that you saw in your dream? Mm. Did you just know that it was a Ford Taurus, or did you see it in the dream and recognize it as a Ford uh, Taurus? Both. Do, you do you know what both, I mean both, by that? Both. Right. So it was both um, specifically a Ford Taurus. And it looked, you know, it's got the kind of rounded sort of look. I think it's in, like, cop shows and stuff, right? Yeah, the ugly, the ugly American sedan that all their cars look yeah, like. Yeah, and God hates. Why do they right. look like mm. that? Very strange, yeah. So it wasn't like... Um, I always think of the same thing. I think, of, I think it was maybe a comedian talking about um, a dream where they were saying, I was in a house... Uh, it wasn't my house, but it was playing my house in the mm. dream. If you Ooh, know I like what I mean. That. So it was, yeah, it yeah. wasn't like a car that you saw and your brain said that car is a Ford. Oh, I mean, I, it both wasn't it. say uh, a Daewoo pretending to be a Ford no. Taurus. No. Yeah, mm, that's interesting. Also, this might be, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the very first time the word erudition has ever been used on this. Yeah, podcast. or in any context whatsoever. <laughs> that, that is also true. I'm just jamming on the button on the terminal that says, show me more of the Carmen Sandiego MILF. Oh, she's <laughs> dead now. She's toasty. The whole yeah. body dumped into the reactor. Re- I don't think there was any sort of MILF indication given there oh. in the words that we used. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, like a, a, a gray-haired, uh, middle-aged Carmen Sandiego. The only reason I kind of... Um, I'm hesitant oh, is down. because she also kind of gives the impression that she never had kids. Sort of as a lifestyle choice. Oh, sure. So she might just be a like a a, a woman that you would like to have sex with, less so than a milf. Yeah, <laughs> a a, a wilsworth. Mm-hmm. Just a a wilf. Wilsworth. Well, wilf. Yeah. Just a regular old wilf. I um. I, I think get... milf milf kind of uh, imports something to do with age, though, doesn't it? It certainly does. Yes. It's right, not like, like you're the, looking at someone on one of the on the television program Teen Mums and saying that's a milf. Well, I'm I'm sure that I've spoken about this on the podcast mm-hmm. before, but Probably. I think that the I think that the <laughs> term milf is used too widely in pornography. There's clearly a lot of people that are applied to who have not had children. They're just uh, you got to get yourself 30. on that um, standards yeah. committee. The ISO for <laughs> yes. porno oh, names. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the like I. Mm-hmm. Triple E C or whatever is for uh, what yep. terms you can use in porn. 
I want to bring truth back to the homemade section. (laughs) (laughs) This is an amateur at all. Yeah, no, it needs to be like, you know how you can't call it champagne unless it comes from uh, the specific region in France? We you need can't that call kind them of a like... milf unless they have. I don't even think it needs. You need to have carried a a baby to term necessarily, but that you have provided a maternal influence in someone's life. Yeah. Mm, it's not on board. Oh wow. Yeah, okay. No, no. That's, no, you're that's taking fair. a more hardline impression on this one. So you're no, saying I th- that I think that's fair. I think you can be a. I think you can be like a, a stepmother who's a milf. You could be a that foster a, a foster parent who's a milf. You could have had a child for only you know six months or a year. As part of a foster situation, could still you, be a milf. You could, you could be a milf. You could be a smilf. You could be a smilf. A smilf, yes. A smilf. Foster mother. Do I I'd, personally? I'd yeah, I would enjoy having dinner with. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, how many how many options are there on the screen where we're being asked? Normal? Is it like? Is it just yes or no? Or is no, it no, like, no, like, like at least situation five? There's like not like five a, discrete a, a, options. There's not a like a scale kind of thing. Mm-hmm. This is very normal, somewhat normal, normal, not very normal. Yes, very not normal. Which is a construction that makes a lot of sense <laughs> to people when you're conducting research. Would you describe this as very not normal? Strongly, <laughs> strongly, very not normal. Do strongly agree with the proposition that this is not particularly normal. <laughs> How strongly do you or do you not agree with the normalness or not normalness of the scenario that you've just seen? I think the the least normal thing about this to me is that I think I think it might be because I'm being woken up constantly by the baby that I can actually remember my dreams and also put like a narrative thread through them now, which I never used to like my my dreams used to always just be like these chopped up like vignettes that never really started anywhere or went anywhere and i don't know whether that's normal i um when i was taking zyprexa uh i my dreams would seem to have one continuous narrative arc for an extraordinarily long amount and of time what's zyprexa uh that was the uh it's like a uh, anti-psychotic slash mood stabilizer yeah well, like a lot of the mood stabilizers apparently uh, this is what they do uh, they're also supposed to make you not horny as well, which is unfortunately uh, I, not kicked in. It was <laughs> hard for me to tell uh, because I was already very depressed. <coughs> Honestly, wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. Also, it's it's funny that um, you know you were saying that uh, probably people are used to this intro format uh, because this is a bonus episode, so it wouldn't be too rough an introduction to the podcast for them. Uh, this is, of course, the month that we're doing the bonus episodes for free. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this will be the first one that is publicly available. Well, at least yes, they, they to... know... Um, oh, shit. My therapist listens to the show. <laughs> I'm sorry? Is that true? <laughs> well, it came up. I like, oh, got, got anything going on or whatever. But I'm like, oh, I'm going to do the podcast. And I'm like, oh, you do a podcast. Yeah, okay. Wait, were you talking about I got to do the podcast and you said it in a sad voice? Um, or no, that was that was an embarrassed. You don't want to that's tell right. people out loud that you do a oh, podcast for us. Okay. So that's no, different. That's yeah. all right. Being ashamed of a podcast is very, very natural. natural. Yeah. So yeah, people ask me discussed... all the time, "What do I do for a living?" And I'm like, "Oh, you know." You say mm-hmm. nothing. This and that. <laughs> <laughs> a few things here and there. <laughs> odd jobs. <laughs> and you'd be telling the truth. Um... <laughs> they are odd jobs. That's true. <laughs> 
No, as we've discussed many times on the show, when somebody from your real life says to you in a like vaguely apologetic tone, "Oh, I haven't, I haven't been keeping up with the podcast," you say, "Good, great." It's simpler this way. Yep. C- continue, continue doing that. No wuzzers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I um I simply don't have dreams because I have been taking. Oh yeah, oh that's right. I remember when yeah. I quit and for like a week, You're miserable. Just like, What's happening? Absolutely miserable. I'm seeing all these images and themes in my brain when I close my eyes. <laughs> oh, man, weed does not stop my dreams in the oh, slightest. Really? Yeah, that's... I think uh, it's a fight between the enormous quantities of weed that I have in my life and uh, my sleep apnea. And the sleep apnea is winning, baby. <laughs> Oh, just keeping you just awake enough. Just awake enough to have dreams about drowning all night, every mm-hmm. night. Yes. So, Theo, just with what you were saying about um, about uh, your beautiful baby boy waking you up, I wonder if that's uh, related at all to like, um, <coughs> pardon me, if you if you're trying to get into like the whole lucid dreaming. Oh type yeah. Thing, uh, the the deal is that you're supposed to set an alarm and wake yourself up. Yeah, like yeah, an hour yeah. or two before you normally wake up, and it's that point when you go back to sleep at which you will have the most vivid I feel dreams. Like, I feel like even if I was lucid dreaming, I would still have no agency. Yeah. Just in the dreams <laughs> that I would have. Because it'd be like like your normal yeah. life. Last, yes. last night I had yeah. a dream. Um, I won't make it that long, but I uh, um, was doing an exam, and the like last question, um, or like the whole last segment was written in like this handwriting that I couldn't read. And like, oh, no. I'm like I. So I'd done the whole thing and it just ran out of time. I was just like, like what on the paper? Anyway, so I was walking to high school, um, and <laughs> I ran into the professor and I was like, "What? Why'd you do that?" And he's like, "Oh, you're just you're just feeling like this because you're powerless. So you have no power power over the situation. You want me to change the outcome?" I'm like, "Yes. <laughs> I don't want to be back here." <laughs> I don't. I don't think your brain's meant to tell you stuff that directly in a dream. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I don't. I don't feel like. <laughs> oh. Anyway, Should day and be- night, <laughs> I get no rest. <laughs> oh well, you're on the um. You are on the not quite mm-hmm. enough sleep system. Boy, howdy! You're on, in- you're on NQE. So this is a bit of a. It's not related to anything at all. Um, so, you know, we use a little... Perfect you, segue. <laughs> thanks very much. We use a little app here uh, for recording out the, the podcast we're doing right now. And it lets you type in a little name. Uh, Theo, you've got your name written in there as Cump. <laughs> now, is this some sort of portmanteau? <laughs> I don't think so. I think I saw the word the other day. And it's just an intrusive thought now. Oh, because I saw it and I thought, oh, that's short for Cum Pump. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess I was wrong about that. I think that was a song by the band from the 1990s, The Presidents of the United States of America. He's Cump. Yep. He's Cump. <laughs> He's Cump. He's in my hair. <laughs> oh. Well, my goodness. Speaking of the not quite enough sleep system. Hey, you did it. That right. takes us to Don't this. See how I gotta make it. Go I gotta make it harder next time. <laughs> well, <laughs> we, this brings us to this week's Nature Corner. Country roads take me home to the place I belong. 
You ever just having a big wild ass dream about nuclear reactors and you get woken up by a lot of noise around your burrow? Constantly. Yeah. And you're thinking, what the fuck? What the fuck is that? You're thinking to yourself, uh, you get out of your little bed. I'm assuming there's little beds in there. Little four poster bed inside your burrow. Yeah. Inside your burrow. You make your way up the tunnel. Um, first, you unlatch the deadbolt and then you slide across the little chain. Uh, and then you open the knob, pull open the, for some reason, complete wooden door that you have there. Kept it well locked. There's a whole bunch of people standing around with cameras being like, Hey, hey, how much more winter is there going to be? And that's not how anybody likes to be woken up, I don't think. Ben, would you like to be woken up? I did have Omen's importance on this one. Well, it's still kind of nature though, isn't it? That is true. It's sort of Omen's and nature. Nature importance. Yeah. Yeah. My bad. Uh, (laughs) I was just thinking about groundhogs. And to me... They're one of nature's most creatures. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so we have an issue uh, here with, with our groundhog-related news, and that is that we have um, dueling groundhogs, much like in the film Deliverance. <laughs> this is from the Associated Press. Uh, Punxsutawney Phil, who you may know from the film Groundhog Day, is... Is this the same groundhog, or do they just name a new one Punxsutawney Phil? I think it's always called Punxsutawney Phil. Just solely by virtue of being in the town Punxsutawney, It's right? sort of like the Phantom. Oh, right, right, right. Like, you just you there, take over the mantle. There always is one, yeah. Right. The ghost who sleeps in a burrow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, from the AP, uh, there will be six more weeks of winter... Punxsutawney Phil predicted as he emerged from his burrow on a snowy Tuesday morning to perform his Groundhog Day duties. I don't think it's right to put that much pressure on a groundhog. No. I think it's the one thing that's asked of them. Yeah, but like, is he getting paid? I think his board, food and board are free. (laughs) Generally. It usually is for a groundhog. (laughs) That's true. I don't know. (laughs) They did pay the locksmith to put all that stuff on the door, though. They made him that little bed. I don't know... I don't know enough about the wants or needs of a groundhog to know whether they would be perfectly happy chilling in, like, a refuge or whether they they want to be out there in the wilderness hunting. What does a, a groundhog hunt, Ben? I don't know. Worms? <laughs> Fuck. I'm not a fucking biologist. I don't know. <laughs> I got lectured the other day for uh, not knowing that groundhogs are the same as... Uh, oh, no, I've already forgotten. Beavers? Uh, woodchucks. Oh. Woodchucks and groundhogs oh, are the same, same thing. thing. What? Friend of the show, my friend Beck, went off at me, called me a fucking idiot, piece of oh. shit, dumbass who doesn't deserve to live. Wow. It's very aggressive. Hmm. All right, so I got a lot of questions about this next sentence. Members of Phil's, quote, inner circle mm. woke up the furry critter at 7.25 a.m. at Gobbler's Knob, get out of here, <laughs> in Punxsutawney, <laughs> Pennsylvania, to see whether or not he would see his own shadow. Who is in Phil's inner circle? Who uh, is occupying Phil's MySpace top eight? You know, a couple of people that he met in high school and stayed in contact with, a few people from work. Yeah, these, these friendships just kind of happen naturally. 
Again, we seem to be suggesting that Phil is like consciously a part of this process. Guys, make sure to get me up at 7.25 a.m. You know how I am sometimes. Don't let me hit that snooze button. I'll sleep right through the ceremony, Brian Doyle Murray. (laughs) (laughs) I I believe that was also the name of Brian Doyle Murray's character in that movie was (laughs) Brian Doyle Murray. It was Brian Doyle Murray in a top hat, I think. Mm. Um, Oh, I always thought the groundhog had the top hat. Does the groundhog have the top hat? Does the do they? Oh, I hope they do. I haven't watched that movie in a while. It's a good movie. If they don't, that should be an added benefit. Brian Doyle Murray was really somebody where, when I learned that he was Bill Murray's half brother, um, it was like I didn't see it at all until the exact moment I learned that fact, and then I went, "Wow, oh. who's the? Uh, he's got another brother as well that's in TV and movies. Guys, he was in like Mad Men. I'm pretty sure. Jerry John Ham. Old John Ham, yes. John Ham, his half brother. <laughs> uh so and also, how how do you know whether or not um the groundhog sees its own shadow? Does it confirm it for itself in any way? Well it Is runs it back into the thing. very scared. Runs back into well, his little house and locks the little pulls the little slider across. It conically does like eight little different deadbolts. Mm-hmm. Like a Mel Brooks movie. Yep, snuffs yeah. the fire out. <laughs> one last puff of smoke pops it out goes, of the little goes, chimney. It goes back in, and it's like the uh, it's like the end credits to Get Smart. You mm-hmm. know? Yep, yep. <laughs> your dick gets caught in the last door. <laughs> uh, shortly after this year's prediction was revealed, one of the members of the circle again, I'm getting no clarification about who's in the circle, uh, shared a message he said Phil had told him earlier in the day. Now, come on. This... What? (laughs) Where's the journalistic rigor in this article? You're Uh, asking that they're not interrogating these claims enough. They don't have enough first-hand sources and they're just, like, relying on this man's second-hand account of it. From his inner circle of friends who apparently said that this this woodchuck... Did we say... Woodchuck or Groundhog, certainly, yes. This Woodchuck or Groundhog stated to him, apparently in English, quote, after winter, you're looking forward to one of the most beautiful and brightest springs you've ever also, seen. Also, we've, we've gone from discussing him as being an unwilling participant in this kind of scenario to mm. now now it appears that he is an interventionalist hog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask you to go into more detail on that. What do you believe is happening here? Well, usually, you know, you, you, you talk to God and he doesn't he doesn't talk back. And the same thing with Hog. Yeah. So you're sort of saying um, you don't believe in an interventionist Hog. I, I simply don't. Mm. Yeah. Are you uh, there, Hog? It's me, Brian Doyle Murray. <laughs> <laughs> and then he turns his back on you and runs <laughs> Back in his <laughs> tiny little door. Slams it shut and you're all alone mm-hmm. in the cold world again. The spectacle that is Groundhog Day in Punxsutawney still went on, but because of the coronavirus pandemic, revelers weren't able to see Phil and celebrate in person. This year, it was all virtual. I love how every news story now has this... Just hey, dip- have you heard of this coronavirus thing? Well, this is a new concept to the Americans. I don't think they really cottoned on to what was happening for about no. the first year. Mm. 
You know, you guys seen uh, a lot of tweets and stuff about people in America just getting the vaccine, which is just wild to me because I have a vague idea that we're all going to start getting it soon in Australia, but uh, it's not really like it's not occupying a lot of my thoughts. Yeah, like we're no. kind of we're kind of doing okay. I mean, you'll just show up one day with a needle in your arm, and you're like, "Oh, hey, we're doing that today." Some guy's going to stop me on the street with a clipboard. It'll be a backpacker who's like, hi, I'm here on behalf of the Queensland government. Would you like to get your I vaccine? Love, I love your hat. I love your hat. Hey, 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 mister. <laughs> hey, nice, shake my hand. Nice tattoos. Can I look at your tattoos? What is going on? <laughs> Gets you to, convinces you to shake his hand and with the other hand. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the only country to do the charity mugger roll out of the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we do, we do not do one-off payments. It is monthly. <laughs> pay off your pay off your vaccine in installments. Ninety percent of the vaccine fee goes to to evolve the charity mugger organization. <laughs> mm. If I ever find you Recur- to evolve, recurring donation in the form of taxes. Mm. Damn. Yeah, uh, like I said, Ben. I think I I just keep finding myself thinking about the same thing, which is that America and the UK are both just in this completely different universe to us. Of well, no point in trying to stop this thing. I guess the only thing we can do is all get vaccinated at some point and hope that that works. Yeah, see what high school we can get mm-hmm. before we roll out the vaccine. If it does work, we'll look like fucking idiots though, hiding in their little houses. Or our little groundhog Living. burrows. <laughs> there was like a, a tweet uh, Anthony Albanese put up the other day being like, these are all the countries that are ahead of Australia in the queue for getting the vaccine. You're like, yeah, man, all those people are dying of coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot. They're that's, dying heaps. That's something I genu- genuinely don't understand about people in Australia freaking out about the vaccine stuff. Is It's like, yeah, there's like three cases in australia like like obviously we want to get to a point where we can open businesses back up properly and everything but also like probably take care of the countries where like thousands of people so are well. dying every day well i would go one further and say that in a lot of australia if not most of it most businesses are just operating as as they were yeah i went to work like yesterday a couple of years oh, ago. what's today sunday i went to work friday in like a, a bus Super weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, you say that, uh, not the bus thing, I mean, the most of the business is operating normally. I haven't been able to put on my screening of uh, David Lynch's Dune because the capacity limits are still too low. So it's really harshly affecting me. It's true. You might as well be dead. I might <laughs> as well be fucking dead. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's a hoax. 5G did it. Uh, I'm Craig Kelly. I'm uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, it affects specific businesses like hospitality-related ones uh, more than others. But just like going to the supermarket, you know. Yeah, that's that's all pretty normal. Honestly, pretty I'd be normal. pretty happy if uh, Scratch stayed at the capacity that it's at at the moment. Uh, we're at like sixty people instead of the normal one hundred maximum capacity. Sixty people is a nice amount of people. Better vibe. Yeah, Better it's vibes. like it's enough people in there. They're like, hey, we're having a Friday night, but not enough people that you're like, fuck. The whole time. Mm. A thing I'm often thinking to myself. Mm. <laughs> <clears throat> so after Phil's uh, inner circle, still yep. still yep. no clarification of who's in the It's a bunch circle. of old dudes in top hats, I can tell you that much. Yep. 
After the inner circle delivered the news, they hung around to take selfies and photographs of themselves with Phil. I think that's the same thing. No, take- selfies and photographs. No, selfies and photographs of themselves. Yep. So, oh, mm-hmm. what? Well, yep. So yeah, you, that's quite uh, interesting. Hey, I'm just gonna I'm gonna take a selfie, and then I'm gonna take a picture of myself with Phil. Just stand here after I've taken the selfie, because I'm also gonna take a photo. Yep. Yeah. I'm doing selfies and self portraits. Uh, take photos of themselves with Phil against the fresh blanket of snow. And this poor animal's just like, get off me. I'm an animal. 150 cardboard cutouts purchased by fans and featuring photos of them in groundhog gear, all with their pets dotted the hillside. It's, yeah, it's Very like they couldn't bleak. fully yeah. shake the, like, the remnants of being British, because this is some very British shit to do. Have uh, now, I know that nobody here, including myself, follows professional wrestling. Uh, but has anybody has anybody oh, seen? Yes, any of, like, absolutely. What, what they've been doing for like I don't know a year now is that they have like I like the cut massive cutouts of the fans and stuff. And... No, they have they have like massive banks of screens all around the the ring, the squared circle, if you will. Uh, and they like on this are tiled like fans who are watching like via Zoom. It's weird. So it's, it's very just like, unpleasant. It's a, yeah, it's like a massive grid of squares of of people's video cameras of themselves watching from home. And there's something about that that is like way more uh, Running Man mm. dystopia to me than, I don't know, sitting in a cardboard cutout of yourself in your groundhog furry suit. It's like we're all getting a turn on the Panopticon. Yeah, it's 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 pretty pretty freaky. I don't know how to feel about it. Actually, I do, and it's bad. Yep. <laughs> yep. You've interrogated yourself and those feelings. It didn't take that long. I've just um, I've just sent you a a picture, Theo, so you can get the vibe of this situation. It's very, it's very peculiar. Like you know, and obviously they had to do something. Sorry, to I'm keep just going. reopening Discord that I closed so I wouldn't <laughs> get distracted. Oh, look at you go. Oh. Because you got to do crowd work, you know? You need, like, a response from people. Otherwise, wrestling just doesn't work. Yeah, and you get, like, obviously you get different events that, like, pipe in, like, applause and stuff. Pipe in crowd noise at, like, baseball games and that sort of thing. They had the thing at baseball games where they were digitally overlaying crowds onto the empty stadiums. Uh, oh, that's, that's right. Weird. It looked like fucking the FIFA crowds. Just like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. A two second loop. Very grim. Pretty cool. Uh so yeah, I guess let's let's get ourselves a uh digital crowd going at Punks of Tawny Phil's reveal next year. Here's the problem, Ben. What if you have more than one groundhog? Mm. What if you ask more than one groundhog what he thinks? Or she? Like they're they're all co- well, are we even verifying <laughs> Oh, no, I think I think that will actually be addressed uh, in one of the stories coming up. Oh, okay. Also from the Associated Press, Illinois Groundhog calls for early spring. Uh, the country's most famous groundhog may have predicted six more weeks of winter out in Pennsylvania on Tuesday morning, but the one in the Illinois community where Bill Murray made the road in a movie star didn't see it that way. 
In the northern Illinois community of Woodstock, where Murray filmed the 1993 motion picture Groundhog Day, Woodstock Willie didn't spot its shadow the way Punks of 20 Phil did. That means Willie, unlike Phil, is calling for an early spring. But, like, yes, you're the town where they filmed Groundhog Day. But you're not the one mentioned in Groundhog Day. Yeah, you were much like the aforementioned house playing your house in a dream. You were playing the town Punxsutawney in a film. This is kind of weird to like have another Groundhog Town as the stand-in for like that. Just seems rude. Oh, they couldn't afford the real one. We like we love your whole thing, but not quite enough. It's like it's like when they you know film in Canada and make it look like Chicago or whatever. Mm. Uh, except in this case, I I actually think it's weirder the other way around to have Bill Murray film. A, a movie that is set in Punxsutawney in your town of Woodstock and then from that point on to just say we're a Groundhog Town now too that's our thing now also I mean I, I think they were already a Groundhog Town before that oh okay well who's who's stealing Groundhog Valor here is apparently what... it's like a it's a weird Pennsylvania Dutch thing to do like a fucking fucking, fucking Dutch <laughs> <laughs> It's like an Amish type thing, Amish adjacent thing, uh, for some reason. Hmm. Yeah. Quote, Willie looked skyward to the east and behind to the ground and stated clearly in Groundhog Ease, I definitely do not see a shadow, Mayor Brian Sager announced to the shivering crowd. They were presumably all just shivering in awe of seeing an animal speak. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in a language that could be interpreted by humans. They're absolutely shitting themselves at the <laughs> horrific <laughs> supernatural scene that has just taken place. Oh, I've, seen, I've seen the face of God. Oh. <laughs> Imagine if this was like... It's such a, a low-key miracle that like, it would still sort of... Like, it wouldn't Lovecraft-style destroy your whole reality, but you'd be like, I just... No, that can't... Huh. Not big enough to really tell people about yeah. either. They'd be like, that's... And it's just the one animal. Everyone's... That's <laughs> yeah. it for the rest of the time Every... as well. You saw a groundhog talk once, kind of. So you of. think, so yeah, you think animals talk? No, no, no. Let's, let's make no, one no, thing no. clear. I do not think animals talk. No. I think There's... Woodstock Willie could talk groundhoggese. Once, at least. So, I, th- I think the actual miracle is uh, the guy who has been chosen by God as the, like, groundhog sayer, right? As the, the person... Like, he's he's got a St. Francis of Assisi kind of Dr. It- Doolittle sort of thing going on. <laughs> you know how those two people are the same. <laughs> I, I, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying the picture of, like, um, everybody everybody laughing and taking pictures of the groundhog with their phone and then, like, God's just up in heaven going, Fuck! I've been. I had an animal speak directly to you, and they're all just laughing. <laughs> oh, it's so cute! No, he's really doing it. He's he's giving you a sign, a vision of the future. He's speaking to humans. And they're just they're posting it on Facebook. Oh, isn't it cute? The little groundhog. No, this is the voice of God. Fine, I'll do another plague. Pandemic. We should teach the groundhogs to yeah. speak Esperanto. We should teach yeah. everyone well, to speak Esperanto. That'd be so good. And then we'd be kind of had this language that's universal. A sort of universal yeah. language. 
a lingua <laughs> Esperanto, if you will. Welcome to Punta Vista, the world's first Esperanto-only podcast. Do you think up. there is one? Do you think there is one yes, already? Yes, absolutely. I'm going to say there is. There are, uh, Not according to, to Wikipedia, a, a thousand people that grew up speaking Esperanto oh, that's and speak up. fluently. Uh, what kind of... <laughs> hey, if you if you were raised speaking Esperanto and nothing else... <laughs> if you're one of the 1,000... Yeah, if you're one of the 1,000 people raised speaking Esperanto... Uh, right into the show. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, 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 d- no. Leave a voicemail. Well, that's, no, I was going to say, uh, so if you get raised speaking only Esperanto and then you are taught English, what's the accent like? Uh, Pan-European. <laughs> just, so, it just sounds like you're Dutch. Oopsie whoopsie. <laughs> According to Wikipedia, there is an estimated 1,000 to several thousand native Esperanto speakers and an estimated... Between 63,000 and 2 million people who speak it as a second language. My goodness. And just to be clear with everybody, I I do not want a podcast about Esperanto. No. I want a podcast about, like, groundhogs and weird dreams um, in Esperanto. Esperanto heritage. That is an odd name for a subsection of a Wikipedia article. Uh, So there is uh, a... Radio station called Musaico, which mm. is a full-time Esperanto radio station, which plays Esperanto music, interviews, and news items from the whole world. The name is a play on the words for music and mosaic. Uh, radio China International has an almost daily one-hour radio broadcast with news in Esperanto. Uh, Vatican Radio broadcasts three times weekly. Oh, my God. In Esperanto. Why? Radio Havana, Cuba produces broadcasts in Esperanto almost every week. A gentleman called Muzta Abasi translated the Quran into Esperanto. (laughs) Thank you, sir. (laughs) That was really sought after. (laughs) That is incredible. That's pretty good. Um... Look, I'm going to offer you a pledge here today on the show to our listeners. We're not going to become Esperanto guys. Nah, mm, is that? Well, I mean, any, you got to fill in the time somehow. I think we're doing that now, aren't we? <laughs> uh, best Esperanto podcasts? As in there are multiple? I think there's a host of them. There's 34 according to player.fm. Three Triple Z Radio in Esperanto, uh, the sister station. Oh, oh, wait, no, that's in Melbourne. Oh no, there's an in, Australian Esperanto station in La Melbourna Esperanto <laughs> Communumo Estas Timo. Is Esperanto just Pig Latin? I think it's joke Spanish. I think it's. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, He's 100% joke Spanish. God damn it. The Woodstock event, though it included some of the common trappings of the day, started with the unscrolling of the proclamation and the reading of the news to the crowd. It was decidedly unlike in the cinematic version of Groundhog Day. Willie, for the first time, appearing on stage with a bunch of people wearing surgical masks that so many don these days to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Imagine if he thought he was getting surgery. <laughs> You'd have to ask his interpreter in Groundhog Ease. <laughs> hey, is there something wrong with me? 
Oh, you guys have a, a plague happening. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's your problem. All right. Yep. I'm sorry. Um, Monday at 1 p.m. Melbourne time, 92.3 FM, an hour of Esperanto radio every week and has been since 3 Z started. That was my favorite Grand Theft Auto station. Radio Esperanto. <laughs> I can't be racist against Esperanto because it's not it's real. It's not real. It doesn't yeah. exist. We made it up. <laughs> That's a perfect get out of jail free card. Are you doing a racist accent? No, no, no. This is my Esperanto. (laughs) (laughs) White people had to invent a new thing to be racist against. (laughs) I've noticed how people who speak Esperanto. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, But hey, what are the Canadian groundhogs saying? This is from CTV News from the town of Wharton? Wyaton. Wyaton? Sorry. Wyaton. 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 Wyaton Willie calls for early spring as prediction takes on new format. I don't like this, Ben. I don't don't like the recurring motif here. It's official. Willie didn't see his shadow and therefore predicts that spring will arrive early this year. Willie's prediction was done in a unique way for the 65th anniversary. Was it it via... (laughs) Video over internet. A video featuring Willie's history was supplied to local media and included Mayor Janice Jackson. What? (laughs) Revealing the official prediction. In the video, Willie's place is taken by a hat for comedic effect. (laughs) I don't don't know if I understand the joke there. This might be a Canadian sense of humour thing. (laughs) Hey, um, look at this groundhog. Wink. It's just a hat. Audience <laughs> falling over themselves. <laughs> That's not a groundhog at all. It's a hat. It's the Canadian TV event of the year. <laughs> it's a hat on stage. Quick, everybody, put down what you're doing. They're <laughs> calling a groundhog a no. They're calling a hat a groundhog. Oh boy. Uh, Willie did not see his shadow. It will be in early spring. This is from the Indiana newspaper, The Republic. Hope predicts six more weeks of winter on a bright, sunny Groundhog's Day. A groundhog named Hope, an understudy for Grubby. Mm -hmm. The fuck? Grubby the Groundhog, yep. A woodchuck, who normally does the annual Groundhog Day prediction, has ruled the Bartholomew County is in for six more weeks of winter. The prediction was made at Utopia Wildlife Rehabilitators at an event that was supposed to be live-streamed on Facebook, but did not appear on social media. Just at home, refreshing the page over and over again. Come on. Come on. on. I took the day off work for this. Wow. (laughs) Hope and her sister, Faith, were born last spring and are residing with Grubby, the filthy (laughs) fuck. (laughs) I really like... Hope, 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 Faith, and faith Grubby. And grubby. <laughs> the beautiful sisters, Hope, Faith, and their fucking disgusting roommate, Grubby. <laughs> <laughs> Moses, Abraham, and Come Goblin. <laughs> <laughs> These are my oh. three daughters. <laughs> Charity, Verity, and Slunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
dear. Well, Grubby has to sit out this year because she's suffering from a, a dental disease called odontoma. Of course she is. Fucking disgusting bitch. <laughs> okay, but read that next sentence. Which makes certain mammals feel and act as if they have a respiratory infection. <laughs> That's so specific. You're not just saying... Uh, they have a dental disease called odontoma, which makes it hard for them to breathe. They're like, this groundhog has become convinced that it has yeah, a respiratory we cannot, infection because of a we dental must, condition. We must emphasize that this is, is a mental failing on on the groundhog's part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your uh, your groundhog's uh, coughing and clutching his chest. Probably a tooth thing. Probably a tooth thing. Classic, classic tooth. Stupid groundhog thinks it's a respiratory <laughs> problem, but... You dumb motherfucker. In groundhog ease, it said, um, Hey guys, I think I have all of the hallmark signs of a respiratory infection. Mm -hmm. mm. Shut the fuck up, Grubby. You don't. Telling, telling Grubby and groundhoggies to stop reaching for my Ventolin puffer. <laughs> you you're allowed to think help. you're a groundhog or the messiah. <laughs> Those are the things we need from you. Which one? Oh, so what happens? Do they basically just take a tally of all the North American woodchucks that predict uh, seasons and then just tally them up? Well, yeah, they're definitely doing some serious statistical analysis on whether or not a horrible little rodent uh, <laughs> runs straight back indoors after squinting into the sun. But That's also, why they've got like, cameras it... outside Ben's house 24-7. Hmm. It's very, it's, mm. look, it's like, does, has, has this groundhog had the gift of future sight bestowed upon it yes. by a merciful God, or... Oh, no, can, no, it's not a gift. <laughs> or can you just sub in any old groundhog when that one has something wrong with its teeth? Oh, Which it thinks true. is a problem with its respiratory system. Yeah, they're really undermining the narrative here. Yeah. Uh, is it a special groundhog? I assume that there would be some Pope-style ceremony to succeed mm -hmm. a groundhog that dies. Or, I mean, maybe the suggestion is all groundhogs have, uh, this have second sight. It's, to a it's, they ju have it's just that only, only some of them are photogenic. <laughs> <laughs> we only want the sexy ones. <laughs> well, they well, can all a... see the future, but not all of them have a winning smile. That's right. <laughs> Gotta no, go down no, to your local groundhog dealer. He opens his jacket and there's a bunch of wailing dogs taped to the inside. Faith, uh, Faith can do the prediction. She's just a real piece of shit. Uh, she says, says a lot of racist stuff in Groundhoggies every time she gets in front of a camera. <laughs> like a little little rodent Rob Ford, you know? Oh, boy. That's... Uh... So we, we broke even here, right? We had two for six more weeks of winter and two for an early spring. Oh, we did a okay. we did a Nate Silver. Yep. <laughs> it, it might be six more weeks, according <laughs> to my, my groundhog models. The uh, unless winter it's not, needle which is might... pointing at exactly 50%. <laughs> yeah. It might be more winter, unless it's not, which my model also, also accounts, accounts for. for. That's all right. <laughs> Oh, sniveling little bitch. Welcome to Bunta Vista's freemium free brewery. All month long, we're giving you, the disgusting public, access to our premium patron-only episodes. That's right, not one, but two episodes a week. And if you get hooked on your bi-weekly dose of a filthy drug called podcast, 
You can become a patron with access to our full catalogue of over 300 episodes at patreon.com slash Vista. You can quit anytime you want. Podcasts sound addictive and we can't be held responsible. Everyone's a winner during freemium freebrewery. Well, look, there's uh, there's events like that where we get like uh, a story that we would have got at some point, but they all have the haunting specter of COVID lingering over them. Uh, and then there's stories that are just straight up about COVID, you know? For example, this is a story that made me laugh uh, from The Guardian. A Taiwanese man penalized for breaching COVID quarantine regulations has had his fine revoked after it emerged he had been kidnapped by dead collectors. Mm. <laughs> the man, whose surname is Chen, returned from Hong Kong in late October and began his 14 days of mandatory home quarantine at a friend's house in Nantou County. The next day, however, men identified as debt collectors arrived at the house and mistook Chen for his friend who owed them money. The men assaulted Chen, abducted him, and took him to his own home to collect the money owed, the Justice Ministry said last week. He was then returned to the residence where he had been in quarantine. It was not clear how police were alerted that he had left, but Taiwan's quarantine system includes electronic monitoring through phone signals. Chen was arrested and fined 100,000 new Taiwan dollars about 4700 Australian dollars for breaching the regulations uh, and then he said hey somebody hit me over the head with a blackjack and stuffed me into the boot of a car and took me away it's always an excuse isn't there yep and they went get the fuck out of here and then they checked and went oh shit oh is your head okay the Justice Ministry said Chen's explanation had been investigated and confirmed, and that his fine had been revoked because he had been forced to leave quarantine against his will. Quote, The violation of the quarantine regulations was not caused by his own intentional or negligent behavior, said Hu Tianqi, a spokesman for the Changhua branch of the Administrative Enforcement Agency. According to the law, such behavior should never be punished and should be referred to the health unit for withdrawal. End quote. It is the first time a Taiwanese government fine for quarantine breach has been reversed. The maximum fine for breaching the strict regulations is 300,000 new Taiwan dollars. I wonder what the old ones look like. They look like shit. That's why they got some new ones. Thank fuck. Hmm. I said that like I know what the new ones look like. You did, and I wasn't going to question that. <laughs> it was imposed last month on a pilot who flew between Taiwan and the US and travelled around Taipei while infectious. <laughs> Leading to the first community transmission case in more than 250 days. Yeah, that's that's not cool. It's kind of weird to me, the whole thing, how uh, we have all the very strict quarantine stuff. And then they're like, airline crews, though, you guys do whatever. You work hard. Yeah. You deserve a little little break. A little time See off. See the sights. Here's some walking around money. Mm-hmm. Just get out there and mix it up. You know? So, this is a town known for its intricate doorknobs. So, make sure to... Grab and inspect each one. I hear each of them has a unique taste. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really intrigued by how happily they will put both debt collector and kidnapped in a sentence together. Like, uh, to me, a debt collector is those people that uh, call you up on the phone repeatedly uh, and call up your friends and family, try to find your whereabouts so you'll pay off your car loan yeah. or whatever. Not someone who kidnaps you. And they, yeah, they ring me up and they say, is this Theo? I say, no, this is Ben McClay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the groundhog guy. Uh, they 
Yeah, I think I think there's like two very distinct versions of a debt collector, right? There's the I made a very large wager that I can't pay for on a sports event. The kneecaps kind. The kneecaps kind. Uh, and then there's just the 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 civilized debt collector that most of us are more familiar mm. with, where they phone you up and say, "Remember all that money you borrowed from a bank?" And then I say, "No." no. It's a perfect <laughs> say, system. Well, you, you did. We've got it written down on this piece of paper, and I say, "Yeah, I guess, I guess." And they say, "Can we have it?" And I go, oh, "I kind of spent it already." I don't really have it right now. Uh, my kids keep eating food. And then they're like, well, we're going to call call back next week and ask for it again. And I go, all right. You do that, pal. What are you going to do? Kidnap me? What are you going to do? Ruin my credit rating forever? Oh, you are? <laughs> oh, okay. It's all right. I couldn't borrow any money anyway. <laughs> I don't think I have one of those. A credit rating? Yeah. I think they kind of exist. Um, I I did owe an enormous amount of money to a debt collector at some point, and they really do just be phoning you all week long. Uh, and then you say, "What if I give you fifty dollars a week?" And they say, "Cool." That will never pay off uh, the loan or the interest, but it's just a revenue stream for us forever until you die. Uh, and I did manage to get it paid off, and it. It doesn't take that long for it to just kind of come off your, like, I, I think, you know, if a, if a bank or whoever checks your, like, credit rating thing to see, do you owe somebody money or have you defaulted on a loan or whatever, um, it seemed to only take, like, 12 months for that to just disappear off of that register. Oh. So uh, that's our advice cool. to you. Rack up as much debt as you like. It is consequence-free. No, it wasn't. Yes. And, I mean... All dead all the time, baby. Buy a jet ski. Yeah, well... Buy know. two. Get sucked off on it. Have you thought about getting sucked off on a jet ski? You know? If if anything's worth going into debt for. Hmm? It's getting sucked off on a jet ski. Yeah. That'd probably be it, wouldn't it? Truly the dirt bike of the ocean. That's true. Wop, 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 wop. People love <laughs> going like too that. fast on those bad boys. Yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like. A sort of goose-making <laughs> rap air horns. What? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of geese, the ocean, nature. We're back in Nature Corner because I played the theme too early before. You did, yes. It was uh, not meant to be for that segment, but I was just thinking about them groundhogs. Woodchucks, if you will. Thinking about hogs. Hmm. But we are back to talk about nature. This from New Atlas, newly discovered nano chameleon is world's smallest known reptile. That's it's very cute. cute. It is very cute. Uh, once again, this is an audio medium, but um, <laughs> feel free to Google world's smallest chameleon and look at this tiny little fella. If you guys, uh, you here on huh. the podcast, scroll down a little, there's a little photo there of someone who I think we'd That's all like to be friends with. simply a little guy. That's a little guy. One of the littlest guys I've seen. He's so little. I would be so terrified to have one of those on my hand. What, if you squash it or... Because you... 
you'd get yeah, no, thought like, to destroy it. Surely it would be so easy to just smear that little guy. I think it's like know? the what's the thing where things get smaller? It's actually kind of harder to hurt them uh, because of their like the weight ratio to something of their body. You, you just throw a lizard across. Don't throw a lizard across a room. But I mean, something that tiny. He's just going to sail on the air currents. He's just going to land on the ground and be like. Oh, I just teleported. That's sick. Uh, oh, like when you when you whack like a spider off your arm, floats leisurely yeah, down, down the lands on the ground and walks away. Yeah, I've just had so many spiders on me lately. <laughs> Congratulations! I feel I okay. feel like oh, did you forget to do the omens importance <laughs> thing? <again? laughs> just like like we've had a lot of rain this summer, and I think all of the I don't know if like all of the dampness is just making the spider population go crazy but i've seen way more spiders than ever before in this house and i'm just constantly being like oh that's an itchy feeling and then i look down and there's just a tiny spider uh walking on my arm or on my neck or on the back of my neck or on my face are you gonna or list all of the parts of your body on my chest <laughs> my legs in my um, gooch right up my gooch and don't care for it although when I see the spider, it makes me feel less like I'm going insane. You know? Because if you constantly feel like there's little things crawling on you and there aren't, that's, that's probably, probably one bad, of these little right? guys. You'd never know. Imagine. <laughs> you, would, you wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. It'd be slapping at my no. neck, immediately oh, no. decimating the <laughs> nano chameleon. If you live uh, in the northern regions of Madagascar and you feel something climbing on you but you can't see it, don't just slap at your arm. Could be hurting one of these guys. Check to see if it's a little guy. And if it's not, slap away. Tiny new species of chameleon has been discovered, and it seems to be the smallest reptile in the world. Known as Brookesia nana, or the nano chameleon, the petite species can perch on a fingertip and may have the smallest adult males of any vertebrate. I wonder how many you could eat in a sitting. <laughs> Couple like hundred. white <laughs> fried, fried up like white bait, you know. What's that? Uh, the fucking Mitch Hedberg bit. The rice is perfect when you're really hungry and you want to eat a thousand of something. Yeah, it's these guys. This species was discovered in the northern regions of the island of Madagascar. Only two specimens of Binana, cute, <laughs> so cute. That's real cute. Have been found so far, but conveniently, it's a male and a female pair. We'll just rub those bad boys together. <laughs> Get a few more lizards. Female has a body length of 19 millimeters or 29 millimeters, including the tail. Well, you should always measure from the measure from the base. Measure from the base, absolutely, yep. Which is small enough to place it among the smallest known geckos and chameleons. But the males are even smaller. Got some manlets here. Record-breakingly so. The male binana was measured at just 13.5 millimeters long or 22 millimeters, including the tail. That seems to make it the smallest reptile in the world, just pipping the previous record holder, the related species B. tuberculata, by around half a millimeter. Of course, the researchers had to make sure the specimens weren't just juveniles. <laughs> they performed micro, micro CT scans of the female. Oh, putting it in a little CT scan machine? Stay still, little guy. <laughs> <laughs> Piping in some <laughs> relaxing music. I assume we all saw those pictures going around recently of how they, like, um, sedate hedgehogs. Yeah, with the full <laughs> uh, full nitrous mask all the way over them. What? No, whole... I did not see that. Wish that their... were me. They put their whole body in there and just gas them. Huh. 
very cute. As long as you read the context and realize they aren't killing them. Uh, so they identified two eggs, indicating she was mature. Likewise, the male's genitals seem to be well developed. Well, some Indi- people have a luck. <laughs> <laughs> indicating he was sexually mature. Nice, sir. In fact, that was the one part of its body that wasn't tiny, relatively speaking. The genitals were almost 20% of his total body size, which the team says would be needed in order to mate with these significantly larger females. Oh, is that unusual? I thought that was normal. (laughs) 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 Oh, boy. Check out the hog on this tiny lizard. So, to to these tiny little male lizards... Do they is like every female like that giant from the new Resident Evil trailer? I like, assume. Are they so, just getting yes. domed yeah. all the time by like gigantic vampire lizards? Well, the if the you- big nude hologram lady from Blade Runner twenty forty nine. If your dick isn't twenty percent of your body weight, I don't no, want to hear about, about it. it. We'll I imagine like thing. so. This is you know thousands and thousands and thousands of years of evolution. Just like every generation of. Boy lizard being like, oh, God, they're getting even bigger. And then just a few of them being like, not a problem for me, baby. <laughs> I'm <laughs> fine in that department. All oh, the small no. dick lizards dying out. Oh. My father was the last small dick chameleon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Exactly why the species is so small remains a mystery, the team says. It may seem to be an example of the island effect, where animals trapped on small islands tend to evolve smaller body sizes. But the team says Minana is found in the mountains on mainland Madagascar, so that doesn't seem to apply here. Its family tree also raises further questions. The closest relative of the new chameleon is also not the similarly tiny Brookesia micra, but instead the nearly twice as large Bikache, which occurs in the same mountains, says Yom Kulu, an author of the study. That shows this extreme miniaturization has arisen convergently in these chameleons. The researchers say the habitat of the new species is likely to also be tiny, perhaps limited to just a few acres. That could put it at risk of extinction. Well, it's it's big to them. You know? That is true. It'd be like... Uh, I feel like to them it would be like uh, the that movie Predators, where they just get dropped on a planet that's like all jungle. You know? They're like, wow, look at all this jungle. I'm going to start a count of how many episodes of this podcast you have brought up the movie Predators in. Uh, I think I've brought up the movie The Predator a oh, lot more times. No, I'm sorry, you're absolutely right. Yep. I have not brought up the Adrian Brody starring vehicle. Nobody Predators has. That many times. No. Well, it's it's probably better than The Predator. You know? A bit more fun. You got Danny Trejo in there. Do love a Danny Trejo. Never mattered to Danny Trejo. Get to see a guy fight a Predator with a katana. And that's pretty cool. But you have to believe uh, Adrian Brody is cool. Yeah, like that's, a muscle guy. <clears throat> that's a big issue. I mean, they do they do get dropped onto an alien planet, uh, hunted by some kind of huge alien dogs, and I'm supposed to believe that Adrian Brody is a tough guy leading man. Get out of here! It's just not going to work. You put him as a guy in a fucking Wes Anderson movie, and I'm like, there he is, a man in his natural element. You put Look a gun him. in his hand, and I'm like, shut up. He's doing a lot of like gruff voice in that. It's me, Adrian Brody. I'm wayfish. (laughs) Stay away from me. I work better on my own. All right, buddy. Let's get you in a silly sweater. 
you know? Unfortunately, the habitat of the nano-chameleon is under heavy pressure from deforestation, but the area has recently been designated as a protected area, and hopefully that will enable this tiny new chameleon to survive. This kind Says, of fucks me up a little bit, thinking about, like... So they're in a couple of acres, right? Which, in the, the, the scope of Madagascar, is fucking tiny. And that's the only place that they are. How many fucking little guys are there out there that we don't know about? Probably a lot. There's so many little guys we'll never find, probably. Like, tiny little birds will be like... What if there were just tons of little guys running around? It's, just... it's too much. We should have a cap. 10,000 types of lizard. 10,000 types of bird. 10,000 types of fish. And so on and so forth. How are we feeling about nematodes? 10,000 types of nematode? Yeah. Who's yeah. going to kill all the extras, Ben? Is it you? <laughs> it's me. Who's <laughs> going to keep that number down? Uh, you know, it's a living. It's honest work. Putting them inside the hedgehog cone and gassing them. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Crying as I wipe out the <laughs> 10,000 first species of shark. Oh, boy. <laughs> well... We've had a lot of rain here, like I said, causing the uh, tiny spider outbreak. But it also means that we get a lot of frogs down in the creek behind the house. Uh, and that means that this morning when I got up, I could hear a lot of, a lot of pobble-bonk frogs. I'm sorry? Going off down there. What was that you said? I was referring to the species of eastern banjo frog, also known as the pobble-bonk frog. Hmm. So I thought maybe to uh, just play us out here... We could listen to a recording of the call of the Pobble Bonk. How do you feel about that? Oh, I'd love that. That sounds tremendous. Yep. Well, uh, this is a recording from Chilton National Park in Victoria. And you can hear the typical bonk call from male eastern banjo frogs calling at the edge of a small dam. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first bonus episode on this, uh, the month that I've decided to call Freemium Freebuary... Mm, that's not what we discussed. And we will be calling it that repeatedly for the rest of the month. Thank you for joining us. February. Freemium Freebrewery. Free Just work work with me. Freemium? Freebrewery. 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 Freemium Freebrewery. Freebrewery. Uh, thanks for stopping by. Thank <laughs> you.